Kingdom Conversation School of Prophetic and Supernatural Encounters with the Word of God. I am hosting this tonight. My name is Pastor Lanzine Lee. You are joining us live from the studio sanctuary. We call it the second uh, sanctuary of uh, Standing Love, a Global Church Fellowship here at 1914 Trade Zone Boulevard in San Jose, California. Uh, the website will let you know, uh, www.astoundinglove.org and the telephone number 408 Nine four five four four three nine. What we're going to do tonight is going to be a little different, but let's start with prayer, and then we will move into the conversations themselves. Father, I praise you tonight, and I thank you that you become my sole focus, that you, Jesus, you, Holy Spirit, and what it is that you have to say. I close off everything else about myself to pull into you, and I thank you and I praise you for your powerful love, Oh, Father, I thank you. Tonight's special to me because I know that we're going to hear from you. And every time we anticipate having a conversation, having an encounter with you, it just gets better and better. I thank you for the men and the women, the boys and the girls who join us live uh, here on the premises or are joining us by way of media whether they are with us throughout this broadcast or they catch us on a rebroadcast. Regardless of it, I know that the anointing and the presence of God, that you don't minimize your presence or your power, that the anointing that is upon your word and upon your blood and upon your name, that is upon us as your vessels, that we have the ability, the authority, the power that, has been, that we've been authorized by heaven to speak in the name of Jesus to minister according to the blood of Jesus and the voice of the blood of Jesus, to listen and hearken diligently to what it is that you have to say in your word, which is Jesus. I pray that we have the opportunity tonight to love you even more, to love you for the reasons that you're so worthy of, not because of your hands or what you do for us, but I'm, I'm grateful for everything that you do, not because of anything, in fact, that you give us and all the things that you do give us, we say thank you so much. But there's just something about the ability to be able to rest in you, to listen for the sweet caress of your voice, huh. and to flow in this dance of life with you. I thank you tonight. And I give you worship. I give you praise. I let you know I'm not ashamed of you. And I'm not ashamed of your good news. And I feel so privileged and honored that you would give me the opportunity to helm this, this meeting tonight and to hold, hold accountable or to even have the, the, the honor of being able to share out of your word. And I yield to you, Holy Spirit, because I understand that it is nothing that I know apart from you, but it is everything that you impart to me and then through me to others. I pray for every person that is under the sound of your voice speaking through me, that they will get more than what they expect because you are the God who is more than enough. I pray for families. I pray for husbands and wives. I pray for singles. I pray for hopefuls. <laughs> I pray for the people of this earth and for the citizens of the United States of America 
and the citizens of every other nation on this planet, all mankind. That the opening of eyes is happening for those that have been blinded because they are perishing, because they've been walking in darkness and they, they've not yet seen light, but that your word tells us that the entrance of your word brings light and it gives understanding to the simple. And I pray, so it's not an insult when I say I pray for the simple-minded people, <laughs> of which I am definitely a candidate. I thank you so much. You are so lovely. You are so marvelous. You are so powerful. You are so incredibly great. And I am so in love with you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for tonight and for what you release to us in this conversation. In Jesus' name, amen. So I want to thank you all for being here as well. And if you've gone to the website tonight, uh, it, was, it happened around 5 o'clock or 10 after 5, that I was able to post what we're calling the addendum notes to session 2 or part 2. However, I want to bring you up to date, and I'm going to just read the note that's here, and then I'll give my little conversation. It says that as of this publication, we no longer have our recording for this past Sunday, January 31st. Um, we are trying to recover the video and audio from Sunday, but it may take a few days. Therefore, the second part of lesson two is currently without additional study aids, meaning that there's no audio and there is no uh, video to, to be able to watch, and the website reflects that. So consider this study packet to be a lesson addendum. And as promised on Sunday, the slideshow content we covered is provided. We will also do a review on Kingdom Conversations. That's tonight, Wednesday, February 3rd, 2021 edition. And most likely some of the content will be taught again before moving on. We give no place to the devil, none. I thank you for your patience and your prayers. Continual intercession is necessary. As we press in to learn and experience the power of the, of the blood of Jesus and the power-filled voice of Jesus. So we will continue to take down every foe that comes against us. I like to say that with a smile. We'll take them down. You understand? All right. So what we're going to do tonight, I, a series of ugly things transpired or whatever. Anyway. So that the, the whole message was just gone. So if anybody tried to find it on, on a Periscope, like, oh, I'll just, I had to laugh at that, actually. It's like, well, I'll just catch her on the, on the replay. There is no replay. So you didn't. But what we're going to do tonight, and Krista, you can go ahead and switch over, is we're going to go back, and I'm going to start teaching again from the same slides. It, it's a different setting. It's a different way but I'm going to teach from the same slides as we use on Sunday. And if you already printed this out, which some of you may have done, or you might have gone to the website and clicked on the button, and at least you can follow along online. But what you'll see, even though it's the usual size of the packet, I think it's about 12 pages. Yeah, it's 11, actually. But what's different about it is that most of this are the very same things, or it's at least a summary of the same slides that you're going to see online. So I want, this is the conversation that we're going to have. It's, it's kind of like you talk to somebody. I, I get the opportunity to meet people, but like past weekend, uh, we were in a setting where there were so many people 
and there were conversations going on. So, you know, if you're in a banquet or a luncheon or any of that, you're sitting at the table, you've got the people to your left, the people to your right, and you're having great, I mean, it was wonderful fellowship with the people at the table. And so sometimes what happens is that the conversations don't get completed. Like there's one couple that we've met before, and I pray you're watching, but anyway, um, gosh, they're amazing. And we were sharing the table with them. And I thought I meant to get their information. I was going to give them business card and get theirs. So, cause I, I just absolutely love them and want to be sure that we keep in touch. I praise God that the circles that we think because of our apostle that we've started to move in, I have no doubt that we'll get to see them again. And I hope I don't come across like a super fan girl. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I have to have your information. Oh, I just need to have it right now. Because I can do that. I think it scares people. You know, it's like, because I am so enthusiastic about my friends and people I meet. It's like, I had a lot of fun. I'm going to just, before I get into the teaching, I had a lot of fun one day. I thought to myself, because there's a certain person that likes to come into my office for candy. We shall not mention names. You know who you are. Okay. <laughs> And I had thought, you know what? I'm going to just prepare him his own little bag. Because he comes, his wife tells him, don't, don't get all that candy, right? But, so he comes to my office. He's always looking for one or two things, snacks or coffee. He's like a pesky little brother. <laughs> and I love you very much. I just want you to know that. And uh, so he comes and he stands at my office door. You'll love this, ma'am. He says, can I have a piece of your candy? And I was waiting for it. And I'm sitting here like this. And if you don't know me, you might think I'm really mean. And I'm not. But I sure have a lot of fun going into characters. And I looked at him. I said, no. <laughs> he said, because he's expecting the usual. Of course. Just help yourself. I said, no. He says, what? I said, no. You cannot. And he's like, oh, okay. He starts to walk. I said, but. And he turned out. I said, you can have your candy. Oh. You have candy for me. And all of a sudden, shoulders back. And in comes my brother and gets his candy. Why? It was so much fun to, and I'm not doing it again, so don't even. <laughs> but it was so much fun to know that on that particular day, I was, I was excited that I got to do something for someone that I knew was going to catch them off guard because that's just fun for me. But that at the end of it, it was going to be, no pun intended, a very sweet ending. Okay, so that was fun. And when I meet people, I have to tell them things like, I'm not stalking you. You know, <laughs> I want to know things about you. Because why? Want to guess? I'll tell you. Don't all rush to guess so fast. Like that. Can't, can't handle all of you at the same time. The reason is because I can feel literally and I can sense and all of my sensories are alive to the Jesus that is coming through them. I am in love with the Jesus people. And I, I love the people of this earth, too. But there's something about being around people that love Jesus that just, it just does something to me. It does something for me. So anyway, um, that was, had 
everything and nothing to do with what I'm talking about tonight. So patterns of obedience, that's, that's not the slide we need. That's kind of funny. Yeah, this is not biblical solutions for life, but if you tune in on Sunday, you'll see that sign again. All right, so what we're going to look at is patterns of obedience. If you do have the printout of the notes, it's fine to, list, uh, to, to go through them if you want to. Um, you don't have to, but uh, they are available to you. So you'll get them later. And actually, when this is over, Miss Jackie, I'll let you have this one. Okay, all right. So the first thing is the scriptures. First John chapter 5, and we're looking at verses 1 through 9. Now, why we're talking patterns of obedience is because our apostle, Dr. Baker, is ministering on the tabernacle. And she's talking about the patterns and doing things, as it, said, as it says in Exodus, Moses was told, make sure that you do everything according to the pattern in the building of the tabernacle. Do things the way that God tells you to do it. Don't try to alter the plan. Don't try to change the plan. And for each of us, that right in and of itself is probably uh, an instruction that we need over and over because hu humanity in pride and in insecurity or whatever it is has a tendency to always try to change the way we're told to do things. There's a lot of scripture that tells you about individuals that were given a very definite instruction and they chose not to follow it. And so falling came their way. They did not succeed. They did not accomplish the, the beautiful, wonderful plans that God had for them. And I think I've lived enough years on this planet in disobedience that I don't need to do it anymore. And so I'm looking for patterns of obedience. That's what you want, is you want to find that the only place you're going to find them, here's my usual advertisement, is in the Word of God. I think every single thing, I, every time I minister, at some point, somewhere, I hold this up. Usually it's like this. It's like, are you going to take your picture? Me and Jesus, right? Okay. So, but it's always here. The patterns for our life, the pattern of success, the pattern of wealth, the pattern of joy, the pattern of excellent relationships, the patterns for every success in life are found in the written word of God and come by all the resources of the kingdom of God. So, you want, when you see that expression, patterns of obedience, it's not just a sign. It is saying, hey, this is the quest. This is part of this journey that we are on. Everybody with me so far? I know this is a little different because I typically just talk off the top of my head. Not even top of my head. There's nothing there. Well, there's hair, but no. I typically just go with whatever comes out of my spirit. And I'm doing that, but I'm going to try to stay very very uh, much on point with what we're doing, okay? All right. So First John chapter 5, uh, beginning with what, uh, verse 1, says that whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And everyone who loves him who begot also loves him who is begotten of him. You love God, you love people. Our church, Astounding Love, a global church fellowship, has... It's not just a tagline, loving God, loving people, loving our community. And it's in divine order. You've got to love God, right? Well, I don't know if I love God or not. Okay, already you want to be the problem child. So he loves you. That's enough love to start with. I don't know how to receive the love of God. Well, first thing I'm going to tell you is be quiet and let the teaching begin. 
so that you can start to hear, um, so we can start to speak the word of God to start cleansing your ears. Because frankly, when we start saying, I don't know how to do this. Well, I'm only this way. I've only learned this. Your ears are so clogged up with the beliefs of the world that you won't even give the Holy Spirit a chance. You ever considered it that way? I went to the wilderness this past weekend. And they were walking over a little bridge to go over to click the other side. And I told him, unless I hear the Lord say, come over to the other side, I'm good right where I'm sitting. I actually like the outdoors. I like hiking kind of sort of. I like a lot of stuff, but because I'm so pathetic <laughs> in terms of some of my abilities, I have hid behind a lie. You can hide behind a lie. Well, I don't know how to do that and I don't like stuff like that anyway. I can't swim yet. Therefore, I don't like the water. Well, it's not that I don't like the water. It's the fact that I'm inept in the water if it's more than what's in the bathtub. That's enough information on that. But you, you get what I'm saying? So isn't it interesting how you will make excuses as soon as we hit your level of inadequacy? I've got wilderness friends. I've got fishermen friends. God bless you, everyone. Um, I have friends that like to go hunting. You know, my first question was when we got out there, I saw we were in the wilderness. Somebody, this incredible, blessedly talented carpenter. I mean, the work that is out there is, is amazing. And he had built this teepee and we're standing there looking and I'm looking at it. I'm looking at all of the trees and the forest, which I really need for research for my book anyway. But um, gosh, stay focused. Well, this is all really interesting content. Um, we're out there, and Crystal can tell you. I looked around. I looked up there talking about it in the clearing, and I thought, we're outdoors. This is, this is Northern California. Northern California has critters. So what did I ask? I asked a typical question. Anybody packing? <laughs> I sure did. He said, yeah, I always carry understood exactly what I said. I said, I'm good. Let's just keep on going. I said, because now that's something I can do. Okay. So. <laughs> but it was beautiful. And our father did it. And he gifted different men and women to carve and to, and to grow things, to cultivate that land and to do it in such a way that everything that they did fit the landscape. And it didn't detract from it at all. So isn't it something that God made this, uh, created everything, and then he gave gifts to us, created, uh, put his creative power on the inside of us to give us the ability to blend in with that and to help to continue with his beautifying of things. And that's what I experienced. And then we can come along and be as inept as we want to because it can be just as much fun to be clumsy sometimes. Well, maybe not clumsy, but not so graceful. It can be just as much fun in your first walks as it is later when you become seasoned. Did you catch that? Just because you're uncomfortable, just because it's a new experience, it's the wilderness and you're from the city, or it's the city and you're from the country, just because you find that in this journey with God, you end up in places that you did not expect to be. Don't make the excuse, I don't know how to do this and I don't like this and all of these other things before you have found out what he wants to bring out of you. Can you just take that as a lesson? 
It is a kingdom conversation. All right. So we all, yeah, I did. I got all that out of First John five verse one. <laughs> Everyone who loves God, who begot, also loves those that are begotten of Him. So I love you. Those words should come out of our mouths a whole lot more than many of the other words that we say. And I say it to men and women. I say it to young men, young women, young, uh, older, old, everybody's young. Everybody's less than a thousand years old. So you're all underage and we're all children as far as God is concerned. But I say it to people and sometimes people look at you, especially if they either just met you or they're out of, not, not yet in the kingdom. And I have a tendency to tell people I love you. It's like, I love you. Okay, thank you. It's really nice to meet you, too. <laughs> Bye. Okay. <laughs> it's okay. I didn't say you had to tell me back. Love doesn't have God's love. It is good that we love him. But he doesn't require us to love him in order for him to love us. And this scripture is telling you that whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God and everyone that loves Jesus or loves him that begat, loves him also that is begotten of him. What if I say I love you and the person doesn't say it back? Well, that doesn't change the fact that I love. I didn't say I love you, Jackie, now tell me. Right? No, I love you, Jackie, that's a gift to you. Period. Got it? And I can say it in front of you, I can say it to Leo, I love you. Jackie ain't gonna have no trouble with that because she's already received when I release the love to the wife and then I give it to the husband the wife already knows it's the same because I love you as one you are I can see two people but I see one person because God said he brought you together to be one so if I love Jackie I cannot possibly not love Leo I can't say I love Leo and not love Jackie because you're one all right okay all right, and that's ridiculous. Just let me meddle. <laughs> if you are married, sounds like one of those, I look like a doctor today. If you are, okay. If you are married and you treat your spouse like caca, shame. Not shame on you. That's just shameful behavior. That you would hate your own flesh and not love it and, and, and treasure it. That you would pursue all the stuff and be popular and well-known before other people and treat your spouse as though with, with the worst thing ever. Been there, been a, been a recipient of what I'm talking about, but that isn't me. I'm healed from that. But I want to tell you that when you live with someone that is indifferent toward you, it's a very cold place. And it's not from God. And you cannot say, I love God and I love the things of God. And you do not love the one that he put you with. Or at least you said he did. And you don't get to say, well, you didn't. <laughs> right? Right? You're married. I've seen the way y'all act. I know that you've had moments when you could, but you can't. Do you understand what I'm saying? That's how precious love is. Why did I say that? Because really our conversation is about the blood of Jesus. And wow, that's, that's a love story by itself. Next week is love day. And um, I'm excited about it. Is it next week or the week after? It is next Sunday. Okay. 
Well, I, I, it's it's not the hearts and flowers that the world is celebrating. That's why I don't call it necessarily Valentine's Day. It's the day that you get to tell people that you love them, which we should be doing every day. Not, I, well, you know, I live with you 365 days a year. I, you got one day. Meet me on February 14th. I'll tell you I love you. After that, you just go, you, you on your own. That is not the way it works, all right? You got that. All righty then. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to ask husbands and wives, wives and husbands, who claim to be born from above. Look at 1 John 5, 1. And then go ahead and write out the reasons why it's not applicable to your marriage. You won't be able to find a single reason. So you need to repent and get with the Holy Spirit and get that nastiness out of you. I love you. <laughs> Moving on. All right. Verse 2. Finally. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. See? 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 Okay. Uh, I can just go on because that said it all. That's, it's kind of like I'm a Lee. We slap. <laughs> I guess. Just get it straight. I don't hit people because people like to hit you back. I, I don't I don't I don't I don't know how to fight. I told y'all that last week. I don't I don't know how to do that kind of fighting. So we're we're not gonna I can shoot, but you know, that's not what you do. I'm not that person I'm really not that person. And I can't talk back, I have to take it. So I don't want to hit you. Yeah, I, I can't. I can't. Cause I can't defend myself. Want to come into ministry? <laughs> Can't defend yourself. Okay. Anyway, I don't know who's out there tonight, but thank you for joining us. Because evidently there's new people as a mix in with this. Because I'm saying fun stuff, but it's different. All right. So thank you. And if I know you, thanks for joining us. Okay. All right. So verse two, by this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. This is green tea. Um, for this is the love of God that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not grievous so all these little complaints people have we're on a fast liquid liquids for the last uh, five days um, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday today is Wednesday and people are like oh my god will I make it will I make it it's like stop it already stop. <laughs> just stop it okay that's Dr. Baker stop it all right um a heavy met, burdensome, oppressive, or difficult thing to do. That's not the commandments of, oh, this is so hard. It's just so hard. I just feel so depressed. I feel so tired. I'm hungry. I'm starving. No, you're not. No, you're really not. I'm with my candy. I want my chocolate. I want my this, my that. It's like, dudes, it's five days. And it's going to affect the lives of many it's worth it for five days or whatever it is that you're doing if it means since it does mean other people will be made free the oppressed the yokes of bondage and all of these different things that are going to take place and on top of everything else this fast is not even about food so mash those potatoes pour in the milk and make it a soup there's something you can do all kinds of stuff. So, but the one thing I'm going to tell you is if you 
keep complaining you've nullified your fast. That doesn't mean you get to quit. It means you're going to strengthen up, stand up, and you're going to do this thing because they need us, all right? Mm. That's really good. has coconut milk in it. All right. Who is he? For whatsoever, see now I'm talking about the fast, verse 4, for whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, our faith. Faith overcomes the world. Faith in God, God's faith overcomes because it's faith in God's word, faith in the blood of Jesus, faith in what it is that he has to say. And Crystal, I am taking questions. I meant to tell you all, those of you that know us, you can text Crystal. She's our sound engineer and producer tonight. And Minister Alfred Walthall is working the camera tonight. Yes. Um, but uh, and I think uh, either Frederick or Carlita or whoever happens to be on, if you catch a question, then you can go ahead and I don't know what you're saying to me. Okay, Frederick. Thank you. So hi, Frederick in New York, Brooklyn. Um, if you catch a question, go ahead and send it to Crystal and we'll, we'll take it from there. All right, I'm going to go on. Verse five. Who is he that overcomes the world? He that believes that Jesus is the Son of God. So there's faith in God and in this belief. Faith and belief are comparable. They're companions, but they are not the same thing. Why? Because faith in God and belief about some wrong, something wrong about God will, will nullify. You see, you can have, you can call yourself having faith, but have a wrong belief. And that's why it's so easy to believe sometimes that God didn't hear you. Because you have a wrong belief about him or you are ignorant of what he said and you don't actually believe what he said. I believe God. You may believe God. But do you know what he said in this situation? No, I don't. Then how do you believe? How, how can you believe that which you don't know? I don't mean that which you can't see. But I mean to say that you believe in God, that's great. But you have to know the God that you believe in. Do you understand? He gives us his character. He gives us this wonderful time of intimacy with him. He changes you from the inside out. It's just absolutely wonderful. Yes, he is. All right. I can go on and I will, but I'll catch it as we go. Verse 8 or verse 7. No, I skipped. Forgive me. Let's go to verse 6. 1 John 5, 6. It's the next slide. This is he that came by water and blood, Jesus Christ. Not by water only, but by water and blood. And it is the spirit that bears witness because the spirit is true. And so he says, he came by water and blood. That means he's born of the earth. He came through a human vessel. He came through the water of the womb. And he came by the blood of, of God. He didn't come by the blood of man. And we'll look at that a little further. Mary. Mary's blood had nothing to do with it. God did not commingle his blood with hum humanity because the blood of the earth was contaminated because of sin. And Jesus was born sinless. All right. So that is important. Why? Because of the life that was in his blood. And we'll go on with that, too. For there are three, verse seven, that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. In other words, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, because John chapter 1, verse 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and he was with God from the beginning, even before the beginning, all right? And that's what you're seeing here. So there it is again, First John and John 1, uh, that he says the Word preexisted, 
Before the word was spoken, the word was so. That's a mystery that we can get into for fun a little later. For there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost, and these three are one. And there are three that bear witness in earth, the Spirit and the water and the blood, and these three agree in one. So what are we saying? It's the same three. Whether it be in the earth or heaven gives testament. Heaven gives testimony. Heaven declares and decrees and says legally that this is the way it is, that this blood has preeminence, that this word that is the carrier of this blood has the power in the earth as it does in heaven, that it was released into the earth to be able to reflect uh, to the earth what it is like in heaven. So that is what we're looking at here. It bears witness in earth. What are the three that bear witness in earth? The spirit, the water, and the blood. And what do they, and these three agree in one, and what do they bear witness of? Heaven. The power of God, the word of God, the love of God. It bears witness to everything that the Father has said. And you can go in a lot of different paths of that to explore it, but that's just the basic premise. Do I have a question? Yes? So um, when you say that, well, when the scripture says that um, the three bear witness on earth, the spirit, the water, and the blood, and these three agree as one. In one. In, in one. So is, is that what they're talking about, um, the resurrection? No. Okay. So can you explain The spirit, okay. The evidence of the reality of the power of heaven and of God is in his presence and in his word. What do you think uphold? He says he upholds the world by the word of his power. Who is the word of his power? Because the word is a person. God is a spirit, right? And the Bible tells us that those that worship God, Jesus said this, must worship him in spirit. You have to speak his language and in truth. So the counsel of God before there was ever a let there be light. There was a lamb that was slain before the foundation of the world. All right. Now, who are the components? Who is who runs heaven? The king. Who is the king? God, the creator. We know him as creator, possessor God, but that's not all that he is. You see, the earth gets to see God. First of all, we met him as creator. We the earth that we know. But the Bible tells you that in the beginning, he created the heavens and the earth. So God is even older than his heavens. He exists. He is the exist. In fact, one of his names is the existing one. And so brain tilt, because you to try to fathom the eternity of God who has no beginning and no end. But out of him, this creative power, it's like, well, who made him? How did you get here? You don't have a father or a mother. How did you get to be? How is it that, how, how God, is, how are you God? And, and do you see what I mean? I mean, the questions are amazing. That's why he is the most interesting person we will ever know. How is it that you existed before anything existed? Where were you? What did you do? I ask those questions. I really want to know. It's like, can I, what, what did you do? Where were you exactly? You, and then what is 
Hebrews 11 tell you? He framed the world with his words. He's awesome. Let me get back to your question, because I just, I just love the way he makes my brain tilt. Okay? There's something about being blown away that way. And then you just keep getting drawn back. I got to know more about you. You are really the most interesting person I will ever meet. Okay. So here he is. He's out of the spirit. The father. That's his identity. That's one of his persons, his personality, his, his identity. But out of the father is the word. Because the word, the Bible tells you later in Revelation, he, everything comes back into him. But out of him is the word. And the, then the word and the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit as another, the, the, the spirit of holiness, which is a reflection of the totality of who he is. He is a father. He is his own word. How do we know? I, what do you tell Jeremiah? I hover, hasten, brood over my own self to bring to pass what I said. My word has that, okay? My word has that capacity to manifest itself through me because it's me. Every time the word comes to pass, it's God. God did it. Yeah, they say that. Yes, God showed up. You're right. That means word happened. Truth was seen because he is the Holy Spirit or the spirit of holy, spirit of holiness which means all things that are holy, which includes truth, integrity, goodness, joy, mercy, all of the, the aspects of who he is must come forth from his spirit. It couldn't come from anywhere else. So whatever good, whatever holy, whatever greatness, whatever of any of those things are, it's not the level of the low level that the world attributes it. It's what it's the standard of heaven. And they witness, they bear witness or testimony one of another. The father testifies the reality of the word, which testifies the reality of the spirit. And they all bear witness one of another that that is the reign in heaven. And that the release of it because of the mandate that came first uttered, we heard it in fashionable words through John the baptizer or the immerser. Uh, the kingdom, the kingdom of heaven is, is at hand. And then when Yeshua taught, pray in earth as in heaven. In other words, you've got the manifest presence of the, fa the father and the word. And because all the word comes from above. Am I, are you catching this with me? Flow with it. Don't try to understand it. Just go with it and say, take this in because you actually do know this. You may not have mental understanding, but you will get understanding because it cannot come by intellect. It must come by the spirit because he's the only one that can explain himself. I love that. Okay. He explains me to me too. And it's so good because I really don't understand me sometimes. All right. But only if you're trying to know by the flesh. You can't know this by the flesh. You can't know this by your mental intellect. You've got to catch this. It, what I'm speaking is, if you will, um, I'm speaking the dialect of the spirit. So it's not coming from my knowledge. It's coming from my spirit, 
by his spirit. His spirit is filling my spirit. My spirit is releasing spirit. So anybody going, I don't know what she's saying, because you're not, you're either dead spiritually or you're trying to live from the, play, the, the, the wrong place. You're trying to get it from the earth's understanding. You won't get heaven. You won't understand heaven from earth's understanding. You have to get it from your seat. I'm going to go on with this, okay? So the second part, when it says, then these three bear witness in earth, the spirit who has been, he's here. And the water, the water bears witness in the earth because he came by water. Look up, go up. It says, verse six, he came by water and blood. That's how he came. So therefore, it has to be, if he came by water and blood, came where? to earth, then water and blood must agree with spirit. Why? The spirit is how he got here. Bible says that Mary was overshadowed by the Holy Spirit. She didn't get pregnant the other way. Not with this one. She was pulled into a different dimension and what was placed in her was the body that had been made to specifically come through a virgin, only body that could come through a virgin, come into the earth and was, was filled with the blood that had the components in it that would wipe out the sins of mankind for all time. I can see your little sweet faces. Okay, I got a little bit. Um, so when it said, I thought it was saying that um, the spirit, which is Holy Spirit, and then the water and the blood, which would be Jesus. Yes. That's right. The water, though, is also the womb. He came out of a womb. But yes, the water also is the word. Washing of the water with the word. Thank you. So it's still the same. It's still the same. It's still, here's why. Spirit is the Holy Spirit. You can say that the water is the word, the washing of the water with the word. This is one of the ways that it can be looked at because this is, this is awesome. And then the blood, that's the father. Because whose blood is in him? Precious blood. No, it was not Mary's blood. Precious blood. Okay. Wow. Okay. Precious blood. Tilt. Yeah. But you got it. See these. Okay. Here's a hint. Ready? When you talk about the things of the word, you got to see the spirit. You have to remember that there's a spirit. Not only is there a spiritual aspect of it, but if it came from heaven, it's up spirit. It works from spirit. It works by the spirit. Healing. Man has his own way with aspirin and this and that, and I'm not knocking any of it, okay? But when you get healed, when you receive the healing that has already been purchased for you, it's a supernatural thing. Every single time. These are super at, supernatural elements of, of, of the kingdom of God because they are superior in nature to anything that you can get in the earth. We went to Arizona, which I like to do pretty much annually. And we bought hamburger at the supermarket. 
No, we bought steak. Let me not lie. <laughs> we bought both. We buy steak all the time. We're prime rib, tri-tip people. Crystal and I are uh, really, really, um, we go grocery shopping together and just, well, she goes, I send money. And, uh, <laughs> and purchase for both households. And then because I have the freezer in my garage, their stuff ends up getting in my garage for a while. But we, so we constantly have beef, not this week, but we constantly have beef and things of that sort, chicken or whatever. Well, so what I'm saying is we like our, our, our beef and we'll, we'll eat and bacon and we'll eat those kind of things. When we went to, they, they joined, the, it was a whole family kind of thing and some more of my sister family came and joined me on my last trip to Arizona and um, was gifted by another member to stay in a beautiful condo in a beautiful resort. Well, we went to the, say this with me, supermarket. supermarket. Right. I did not say specialty store. I'm talking straight up regular supermarket down the street. And we're jamming in there. Oh, this is pretty. And we bought the beef. We didn't have any high expectations. We cooked that meat. We had to give it a moment of silence. Okay, that's the ultimate. Like, if I see, when I... I'll put it this way. One of the highest compliments a woman such as myself will give to a man when he's done his, when he's just being, is a moment of silence. It's like, I got nothing to say. I'm just going to admire the work of God because it's a beautiful thing. And, you know, don't mess it up with your words because usually they go sound stupid. <laughs> At least I'm capable of that. All right. I have a side story. My brother, Minister Al, um, this is quite a few years ago now. I had a friend over at the house and my brother had gone on some kind of weight thing and he and I were doing aerobics together and doing all this little crazy stuff. And yeah, it worked faster on him. And um, so he was working at the uh, hospital and he worked that swing shift or whatever. So my brother, who is a relatively okay looking guy, um, a lot of women have told me he's very handsome and he's my brother. He is handsome. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Okay. Anyway, he comes out to go to work and I had a friend over and she's known him for a very long time. So, you know, your friends tend to take your brothers in stride. Well, he comes out of the, out of his room and he's getting ready to go to work. He's wearing black jeans and a black shirt tucked in. My brother lifts weights. So he's kind of muscular. He's got this, he had at that time and shall again, trim waist belt. And he's just wearing, he's just, and he's not doing anything, but just being a man. Okay. Do you understand what I mean by that? It's just like when a woman is being a woman and a man is being a man, you admire the attributes, the beauty of what God put into us and the character that comes through. So he just comes in and for you, uh, he's a bald black man. So I guess that's really thumbs up for a lot of women. And um, he comes walking in and going through all this stuff. And my friend, she's sitting there and she's talking to me, but I notice that she keeps looking over at him. And... She's never paid any attention to him in her life. But as he was walking out the door to go to work, I looked at him and I thought, dang, dude is looking good. He's, he's dropped the weight. Everything is just looking really good. So she's looking at him. She got up as he's walking out the door and she followed him to the door. 
well, now I want to know what's going on. So I follow him too, follow her while she's following him. And she just stands there at the door and I catch it. And I say to him, hey, you know what you're getting right now? He looks at me, what? Because he's like, what, do you want money? What do you want, right? That kind of thing. I said, you're getting the highest compliment a woman can give a man. You're getting a moment of silence. <laughs> you know what he told us? Shut up. <laughs> We're not talking. Okay. Anyway, God gets lots of those. Every time you admire his handiwork, whether it's, like I said, the beautiful nature. Uh, some, uh, when I go to, to Arizona, the rocks, the red rocks are amazing. Um, the hiking trails, I, I'm not licensed to carry there. So I haven't hit them yet. But I plan to. It's hot, it's intense, it's beautiful. God did so many different things. And so it, we bear witness, we bear testimony of the goodness of God when we recognize the works of his hands, you understand? So that's one of the ways we also give testimony. And here it says, verse 9, if we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater. For this is the witness of God, which he has testified of his son. There it is. Everything with the, the agreement in heaven, the agreement, the agreement in earth, is the testifying of the reality and the power and the ordination, if you will, of the Lord Jesus Christ. The father himself testifies of his son. And I, I, you know, as again, there's a lot of breakdowns with the spirit, the water and the word, but you have to, and the blood, but you have to see it's God in it. Um, it's God and it's God. <coughs> Excuse me. Okay. It's God and it's God. Why? Because God is in heaven and God in earth is what makes the difference in the earth. Does that make sense? God is in heaven. In earth as in heaven means that we want God in earth as God is in heaven. The release of his power. All right. Okay. So that's a simpler way to do it. All right. I'm, I got to keep going here. All right. So moving on. Next slide. We've been talking about the power-filled voice of the blood of Jesus. Why did he give us that particular title? There are people who talk about the power voice. Uh, power um, of the blood of Jesus or the blood speaks and so forth. But this is the title that the Holy Spirit gave us because this is the meal that he's prepared for this house. And when we get that, when we understand that we are power filled and that the voice of the blood of Jesus speaks in us and through us and for us, then we will understand that when he speaks through us, we can speak. I, I've said, and I'll keep saying, this is a very blood filled message and it's a message that that it it you cannot learn about the blood of jesus you cannot learn about the intent of heaven with the blood of jesus without also beginning to truly come into an understanding of your identity your god-given identity not this false world not the hypocrisy or the false life that we've lived because we've lived it in ignorance you can live your best life and be a great success but if you don't know who you are in Jesus Christ, if you don't know what you were actually sent to the earth to do, then you may very well die having accomplished great things and yet never having completed your purpose. You have to know. When you know identity, 
you recognize who you are. You want scripture for that? I'm not going to go to it today, but Isaiah chapter 6, where it talks about he saw the Lord high and lifted up. And he saw the temple and he saw the greatness of God. And he, all of a sudden, he saw himself in his, his current, that current state. And he said, I'm a man of unclean lips. And I dwell amongst a people of unclean lips. I, I, I'm, I'm amongst an unclean people. And the things you want done, I can't do. He came, he came into the contact with holiness. This is how we start to see who we are. Because the holiness of God shows us the dirt, the, 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 the filth, right? But the blood of Jesus cleanses us from that and can continue to uh, from any defilement. And so what that means is that as the blood touches you, when you look at Isaiah 6, and he says that the angel took the tongue from the fire and brought it and touched his lips. It was the purifying. Well, that's that fire, which was the equivalent, if you will, to the cleansing power. Because the, the, believe it or not, the voice of the blood of Jesus, not only does it pour out love, but it pours out fire. Because it's a cleansing agent. And it pours out water. It washes and it burns and purifies. That's what it does. All right? It does everything. And so when Isaiah, his lips were clean and his everything about him, it was like you're deemed acceptable and you can be in this presence without being concerned about being booted out. And then it said, but who's going to go for us? Heaven was speaking. And Isaiah, as a prophet, he had that encounter with God. And it's like, who, who will go for us? Isaiah, by being cleansed, by being purified, by coming in contact with the holy fire, all of a sudden had a recognition of his own identity because of the holiness. Not who he was on his own, but what a portion of his destiny was in the earth, why he's here, why he was here. And that's when he said, here am I, Lord, send me, I'll go. Why? Because he was cleansed of all of the dirt and all of the falsities of his life. And in that moment of purification came identity. This is what the conversation is. The power of that of the blood of Jesus is filled. His voice is filled with his power. The power to cleanse, to purify, to, to move us out of old places, to, to redeem us, to, do, to, 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 to wash away the sin. Everything that his blood has done it's, it's his voice is still speaking. The voice of his blood speaks in the earth, uh, testifying of what he has done. And the water and the spirit agree with the voice of the blood. Y'all with me? Okay. Yeah, you can get all that out of a title. Awesome. Okay. So again, going on. Okay, Chris, let's see how fast we can go in about the next 20 minutes. It says, download the notes <laughs> at www.astoundinglove.org slash lessons. Or just go to the first page, scroll down to where you see the picture, and click on it, and it'll take you to it. Okay? Whatever floats your boat. And this is the third one. This is the January 31st message that I'm talking about. And you will see on there, if you at the website, it says that there's no audio or video available as of yet. But honestly, what we're doing tonight will be a portion of what you will see on 
there. You would just end up having pretty much the whole one on this one, but there it is. Okay. All right, let's go. So why is this message spirit to spirit? I've already answered that. Because those that come to God must believe that he is, right? You must believe God is spirit, and those that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth, because those are the ones that the Father seeks to worship him. And the Bible tells you that these are, that when he, Jesus said in John chapter 3, I can just give you that. He said in, in the book of John, when Nicodemus came to see him, and he came by night, and he said, before he even said that God so loves the world, he said that you must come. Are you a master of Israel? Oh, let me go to verse uh, three, uh, 6. He said, that which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. So why do you, I have to understand? Because my body, my physical body was born of the flesh, but my spirit is born again of the spirit. John chapter 3. Okay, John 3. Do you understand? Okay, here's an example. Happy birthday to you. Why? Because you were born into the earth. So whether it's August 24th or some other date, <laughs> you happen to be, okay? Go ahead and say your birth date out loud. Say it in a way. Come on. Come on, say your birth date. What? You were born on September 11th? <laughs> I was. What'd you say, Leah? I've got three September babies in here. Well, you know we're really. He said September seventeenth. That's one week. Okay. Well, so there's some September babies in here. There's an October baby in here, and August twenty fourth. <laughs> anyway, all right. So happy birthday, right? Okay. So here we are, and um, then what happened? We were born of the flesh. So. Nobody looked at you that day and said, what a cute alien. Right? Nobody looked at you when they brought you and said, look at that little puppy. Isn't that adorable? No. The flesh that you were born of is of the same flesh that you, that, that you came of. You were human. And so that's what they, and they didn't say, look at that little human either. They said, what a cute baby or whatever it is that they said about you or they said nothing if you looked weird. Uh, you know, said, so, oh, how precious. That's all they ever say. Okay. But regardless of that, we had a birth date and then we grew and years have gone by and we've had the anniversary of that date, the anniversary of the date of the flesh. That's why I was saying on Sunday, Sunday was my spirit birthday because I was born from above on January 31st of a certain year. Okay. In the 20th century. <laughs> that is so funny to me. Anyway, um, the late part, the very end, uh, I was born from above. All right. So, I was born of the spirit. Whatever day you were born again, when Jesus became your Lord and savior, you were born of the spirit. But you had to first be born of the earth in order to be born of the spirit. Say that again. That's what Nicodemus was asking, okay? So this is what Jesus is saying to him. So he says, I'm going to tell you the truth. Because Nicodemus is like, well, how can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? And the answer, of course, is no, because she'll kill you. <laughs> Ain't no way she's going to do that again with you. 
and especially not in your current state, right? Well, we know it's impossible anyway. All right. And so Jesus said, I tell you the truth, except a man be born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God, the water of the womb. And, you know, because people, they try to use this as baptism, but baptism does not save you. It, it doesn't do that. It shows the death, the burial, and the resurrection. It's a testimony of the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. But it does not, you cannot become born again because you were baptized. That's not how that works. So when he says born of the spirit or born of water, you have to be human. Your dog is not going to be born again. Neither is your rabbit, your goldfish, or any other thing. You might, yeah, don't tell me. Well, the goldfish is born in the water. It wasn't born of the spirit. All right? The death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what baptism is. I died and I was raised up. The burial, that's what the water is. The burial, and then you're raised up again. Okay? Okay. All right. So here we have it. But you must be born of the, you have to be human. That's the qualifier. Why? Because Jesus, that's who Jesus died for. Mankind. He died he and rose, if you will, to redeem Adam, not Fido. Okay? All right. So, okay, but listen. It's very important that you see that it doesn't even say, it says he can't enter into the kingdom of God. This is a kingdom. This whole thing. The blood, it's, this is kingdom. These are kingdom weaponry. What's, what's the comment? Pastor, your teaching on the blood helped me to see why God deems the death of his saint precious. Because Yeshua's precious blood is the active agent in the saints. Yes. Oh, I like that. Also, regarding the womb, the scripture says a barren womb never... Also regarding the womb, the scriptures say a barren womb Never says enough. Never says what? Enough. And it says, by Yeshua. Oh, Proverbs 30. Okay, go on. Okay. Uh, by Yeshua coming by the water of God's womb, he nullified barrenness. And I realized since barrenness is the spirit of property, it's not gender specific. And God set up, set us free from being unproductive in areas of our lives, especially fruitful, fruitful with an active womb. Somebody doing their homework? That is awesome. Yes, I agree with that. Now, let me add something to that. I'm I'm not going to take anything away from that. I I think your statements stand perfectly. I'm, wow, thank you. I will be using that. Okay. Um, (laughs) A prophetic word is a release of what? Come on, you can do this. You know this answer. A prophetic word is a release of what? What God said. 
A prophet cannot speak anything except what God says. Okay? All right, now, a prophetic word is a release of, say it, what God said. Right. Now, what God said tells you that what was released was, what is, what's that, what's that commodity? Come on. Words. Words. When you say something, what are you saying? What are you using to speak? What are you, words. What God said is a release of words, right? And Mark chapter four says the sower sows the and words according to Mark chapter four are what? What did he use as the example? Seeds. Oh, you're just a good girl tonight. Okay. Seeds, right? A barren womb that receives a prophetic word receives seed that takes it out of barrenness. Purpose, destiny, fulfillment. And you know what else happens with it? Water comes with that word. Because when the seed is released, water on the seed causes the growth. Come on. Microphone. So that's why when you receive, when somebody speaks a prophetic word, you receive that word. You then get impregnated with that word. Yes. Then though you take that and you pray and you get the word of God, and that's what that's how it grows. That the or manifests. The word. What did God say about His word? They are spirit and they are life. What did he say he would do? He said, I hasten over my own word to bring it to pass. And then he said, remind me of what I say. That's contending for the word. I'm pregnant with not just possibility. It's never, I'm pregnant with possibilities. That's a great song. No, you're pregnant with specific things. You know, well, possibilities here. This is a word I heard from Prophet Dennis Goldsworthy Davis. He spoke this uh, in a meeting we were in. Crystal was with, with us. We were in uh, um, Waco a few months back, last year. He says that the barren womb hears its purpose when the prophetic word of a coming child is released. Now, whether that's a physical child or, or whatever, a, a barren womb, when the word, when the prophetic word is released, it hears its purpose so that it can't be barren anymore. It just found out. It just changed dimensions. It went from earthly to spirit. It just got spirit uh, command. You were meant to bring forth a child. You were meant to bring forth a, de- uh, a, a business, a dynasty. You have a purpose. And the release of the prophetic word into that is... <laughs> It's released with what? Blood, water, spirit in the earth. And what is the earth that it's released into? Oh, we are the earthen vessel. Yes, the earthen vessel that has the treasure. Wow. Isn't that awesome? Yeah, there's a lot more, okay? And 
Here's the other part. Not only does the barren womb, no longer barren womb, hear its purpose, but it also gets the date in which it will manifest. Because the ground knows when it's going to bring forth the seed. It's when everything is done. Yes, ma'am. She's all excited. She's so cute. Go ahead. You said it gets the date. Yes. So the dirt knows when it's going to produce? It's waiting for the age in which it's going to manifest. Okay? Like there's a lot of things that are going on right now. But God has a, the earth, if you will, has a saturation point. Right? You ever water, okay, I have a fake plant in my front yard. Why? Well, it's really for deliveries. But it sits in a planter. Actually, I have to replace it because the top fell off. <laughs> it doesn't have a head. Anyway, so I'm going to put a real one in there, a little tree or something, right? Yeah, you saw it. It looks pretty sad. Well, when it's raining, like it did a lot of rain, it sits in a really big purple uh, tub thing. right in my. It's right next to the front porch in my front door. That's a little tree. But when the water comes, because the tree's not real, then the tree floats up because as it rains... The, 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 the um, what is that thing called? A planter. The planter reaches a saturation point where it can't take any more water and it has to overflow. And so the, everything that's not cemented or solidified rises up and falls over and stuff like that. It can't die because it's not real. All right, here's the thing. Sin and works of darkness and treachery and whatever it is, it goes on and it goes on and you're sitting there and you're thinking to yourself, oh, I don't think we can take it. And you're speaking the word and you're doing the things that you're, that you're doing, right? You're speaking the prophetic release when you say what God said. You keep saying it. You keep saying it. You keep saying it. It doesn't look like anything is happening. But just like the first drop of rain does not fill the whole earth and, and water the lawn. But the next drop comes and the next drop comes and the next drop comes. What is your intercession? What is your prophesying or declaring and decree? You are filling the atmosphere with a word that cannot return to itself unfulfilled. And it will reach a saturation point where everything starts to spill over and all of the evil, all of the time, this is happening, the rains of the truth, the water is going and going and going and going. And all of these things that are dead works are being raised up because the vessel that it has been planted in cannot take it anymore and will not hold that which is not rooted and grounded by truth. And it will rise up, the head will fall off. The roots are gonna come up. Because the saturation point is raised. So you keep praying. You keep prophesying. You keep trusting. You keep saying what God said. I guarantee you it shall not. It cannot come back to him unfulfilled. It has to be filled with his power. And it has to manifest. Your promises are not gone. You're not without. Uh, you're not without hope. You get it? He promised. And he's not a liar. And his blood in the earth speaks to say, God keeps his promises. He said he was going to send the deliverer. He said he was going to redeem the evil that happened in Eden. And the blood says, and I'm here as a testimony of what God keeps his promises. You got that? I'm not getting very far, am I? 
So that's why this message is spirit to spirit, because it's so much happening in the spirit. More is happening in the spirit realm, the unseen realm, than is you can see what's happening here. I was thinking about this today. I was thinking about I, I don't couldn't even measure the cubits or whatever of the entire earth from where we are in California all the way across the world and uh, what they call the land down under and this and that and the other. This is the earth, though, in its scale and in its size and with everything that goes on in it. Do you understand that the earth has the capacity to be filled with more of what God said than it can stand of evil. The world, the earth cannot take every action of, it can't, it can't handle it because the earth was made in truth. The very substance of the ground because the blood of the, the voice of the blood of Jesus speaks in the earth from the earth because it fell into the earth. And so the earth has the redemptive quality because it's what we're made. Uh, our physical bodies are derived from and the redemptive power of the blood for the earth means that as you fill the earth with truth, as we speak what God says, the earth has a greater capacity to receive truth than it does to receive evil because of the blood. Yeah, I know it's shouted territory. You just hit on something for me because, um, you know, just like the situation that's going on in America, um, and the church praying and speaking God's word and speaking God's word. And I, I, I don't know if this is a dilemma, but um, hearing other people say, well, you have to do more than just pray. Or you have to do more than just say. Um, you also have to do something about what they're, or whatever, to counteract what's happening. So is that a true statement? I don't know how they're praying. If they're praying without blood, I agree. If they're praying without power, I agree. If they're just talking, praying, and then opening their mouths and complaining or, or, or talking fear, they're nullifying everything they said. But I don't, I don't know how they pray. I just know that when we're directed to pray, we pray strategically. And that releases into the earth those that are actually anointed to go do. He didn't tell me to go do da-da-da-da-da, so I'm not going to do it. And I'm not going to carry a, a – I'm not here to pick up a, a piece of wood on a stick and walk around doing. If somebody else is, then I'm to pray and cover them. So, no, I, I think merely praying, I, I don't know what they mean, but the word pray – or prayer is a legal term. Mm -hmm. And since I spend time in the courts of heaven on occasion, my prayers are not whatever, but I would have to hear what they were saying and in what context they mean it. 
Because, yeah, there are people that are bumble, 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 mumble, mumble, and they're not. There's no faith connected to it. There's no word connected to it. There's no there's they are themselves in disobedience and rebellion. And they they order life according to the way they do it. No, your prayers are not doing much. That's why we wash before we start. So in a scenario where, okay, we are speaking and we know that the, uh, the voice of the blood of Jesus is speaking and we, we believe what we're, what we're saying and we're standing in faith, we don't have to uh, basically worry about what it is to do because God will instruct by the very fact that we're doing our part. Is that correct? You tell me. I know, but you tell me the answer. You tell me. I would think yes, but I... Why would you think yes? Mm -hmm. Because if I am standing in faith and believing uh, that God is going to do it, that's unless he gives me some other instruction. Okay. Well, no, not really, but yes. Okay. Here's the difference. Many people think prayer is putting out fires. Right? Oh, you got to pray about like the thing that was going on in Africa um, with the kidnapping and the murder of the Christians and and a whole lot of other things. And so it's like you need to pray for these people because of, well, what you're asking me to do is to pray concerning something that already happened and to go clean it up. Okay. I get that. Intercession is not that. Intercession gets ahead and puts the stops in place. Intercession is prayer that comes from the place of already done, not in response to what has happened. Most people pray after something has happened, after the fact. It's like, oh, close the gate because the dog got out. Why didn't you close the gate so the dog would not get out? Intercession goes after, it looks on the horizon in the spirit. It gets the specific strategic strategy from the Holy Spirit who sees it and already there, there's no time in the spirit realm. So therefore you can get ahead of everything. So that means that intercession goes before? Yes. Because where are you praying from when you're interceding? Don't tell me your knees. Where are you when you're interceding? Yes, but where? You are in the heavenlies, in your seat. You've got to pray. It's Ephesians 2. Ephesians 1, 3, or Ephesians 2. Seated in Christ Jesus in the heavenlies. You pray from the place of already done. You pray from the place of it is finished. You look at what it is that he, you look, (laughs) this is great. Okay. We have certain things we're praying about. I'm not going to say. All right. You know that when we pray, we get the vision of what it is, what heavens, how God sees it. I see this thing destroyed. I see this flourishing in this place. When we sit in our seat and we pray, 
we don't pray. Oh, Lord, oh, Lord, we pray that you would do it. We say, this is what you are. This is what he said. This is where you go. And it's different. You are destroyed from the roots. Your head has been cut off. This is what it is. Example, King David. He was not the king fighting against Goliath. I will do this to you. Satan has tried that. I will this and I will that. Problem. Somebody said in Matthew 28, all power has been given to me. So what you say you're going to do, you don't have the power to do it because it belongs to me. We pray from the place of the power-filled voice of the blood of Jesus. No, God said that this is how it is for you. Your head will come off of your shoulders. You will be uprooted from the ground because you are uprooted. You are cut off. You are cut down. You are demolished. You are a failure. You are doomed to fail. You will be, you know, this is, you see what I'm saying? We go, you will, you will. Well, you can say you will, but you know what? He said you are. So I'm going to tell you what you are. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. And it's so awesome. It's a great time. To because you go in the spirit and he shows you what your assignment is. And when you finish praying in the time, you got to pray in tongues. You don't have the vocabulary. I don't have the vocabulary. None of us even combined has the vocabulary in our native language, earth language, if you will, to speak the spirit. We've got to let him, the spirit himself makes intercession. He is the intercessor. We are the vessel that holds the treasure and we release that word into the atmosphere. And it's awesome. Really it is. Okay. Yes. We have someone online who said it physically helped me when I was on the oxygen machine for two weeks. I heard it clearly. Thank you. You heard what clearly? I think they heard the blood of Jesus. All right now. Clearly. I like that. Okay, you can text me the name. Okay, I love that. Yeah, you can be on oxygen, you can be in a coma, you can be on an operating table, you can be totally unconscious and the blood still speaks. Because it also has resurrection power. The light of the flesh is in the blood. What? Oh, you texted me? Okay, thank you. Uh-huh, so I thought. Go, baby. I like that. All right. Okay, so I've only got 13 minutes. I guess I'm not teaching from Sunday. I'll do it Sunday. Because I'm going to get this out. I want to hear. I want to hear what the Holy Spirit has to say. Now, this is funny. Ready? Go to the next slide. That was the introduction. Do I have any other questions? And um, does anybody have someone, something that you want us to pray for? Because I'll just, I'm going to start on Sunday right, right here. Crystal, I'm going to start on Sunday right here. Okay. That's where I'll start. I'm going to stop right now for that. And I want to find out, does anyone need us to pray? I am praying with a marvelous group of people. How did I get to pray with this marvelous group of people? God is good to me. I pray with people that like to go on adventures in the spirit. 
And I'm not the only person on the planet that prays with a bunch of people that like to go places in the spirit. My group is not exclusive other than the fact that we are willing to strip ourselves of facade. Um, it's taken a while. When we first started, there was a whole lot of hesitation. Oh, I don't want to pray because they were, it was all about them. And that's kind of annoying. You know, when you're praying with somebody that they want to make it about themselves, it's like, it's not about you, lovely. Um, this is about somebody else right now. I think I'm, I'm, I'm that way about it because of how many years of my life I have lived so selfishly. I, I've shared it before, and I'll, I'm, it's, it is a part of my testimony, and I will continue to share it. That the day that I realized that the Lord loves me, that God loves me, and all those years, I remember I talked earlier in, in the night about believing is not the same as faith. And that I believed wrongly about God, so therefore I could not believe true. Let me say it again. I believed wrong things about God. And because I had a wrong belief about God, I could not believe truth that came from God. And so because of the type of family line I have, et cetera, and many of those people, there's, there's idolatry in an overweight family. There's idolatry in a, where, where everybody's pretty much overweight. There's idolatry in a family of alcoholics or um, people that are addicted. Uh, whatever the addictions, it's a form of idolatry that individuals who are perishing, I think that's, it is 2 Corinthians 4.4, 4, that talks about how the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers so that they can't hear, they can't see which means that the blood is speaking. The blood of Jesus is always speaking, but everybody cannot always hear it. Okay? You with me so far? We're going to wrap this up. So the day that the discovery came through a Bible study, a one-on-one -on -one Bible study I was doing with one of our members who was uh, just a blessing to me, every single person I talk to, whether it's a great conversation or not, turns out to be a blessing to me because God talks to me. These are, this is now in the point. These are conversations, whether it's a conversation with the blood of Jesus, a conversation with the do it, word of God, conversation with the Holy Spirit himself, however it happens to be. These are God encounters. And most of your God encounters come from reading the word and then talking out loud or talking to God and saying, tell me about this. And he loves to tell us. But that particular day, I would just looked at pictures from childhood, of which I didn't have very many. But I had a picture of myself from childhood, and I've not made this a secret. It's not a... I'll just say it this way. I was wrongly touched as a child. And that showed in one picture where I was just this cute, adorable, really precious little girl. Um, I was very bouncy. Just ridiculously bouncy. I had very long hair and it used to get, because, you know, I come from, anyway, never mind. You know where I come from. You got it. All right. <laughs> and I had these, I don't know why they did this to us, but I would usually have about five, six, seven long ponytail braids that would come down. And being a happy, bouncy little girl, this is the way I was almost all the time. I was exhausting. To, to anybody that's like, will you sit still? It's like, oh, I'm just so happy. I'm so excited. What's going on? I was like that, but she was lost when I was wrongly touched. 
Now, in the interim period, because I was I was meant to be, boom, I guess, and <laughs> and so I was the bones, the development was different. You know, my body structure, my particular type, was bigger than the skinny little kids. If Jackie and I had been, you know, together, she would have been that little cousin that was always running around too, but she'd be the skinny cousin that they would let eat more. <laughs> she would have got double the candy and I would have got the one piece in the look, right? Because I was, because of the fears of, of my elders who had grown up overweight, they tried to protect me by constantly telling me and doing such. And so I had no concept of the word fat until they, I was told I was fat. And I wasn't. I was chunky and I was cute, but I wasn't fat. But I had to learn how to become what I was being told in order to fit the pattern that was never made for me. So for me, being overweight was hypocrisy. Do you understand what I'm saying? It was a demonically inspired a word that was put into me to keep me from ever fulfilling divine destiny because it was an assignment against my destiny. I want you to understand whatever sickness, whatever disease, whatever uh, mentality that you may have that does not line up with what God said is a demonic assignment. Yes, I, I really mean that. Satan, again, 2 Corinthians 4, 4, to keep you blind to keep you in a state of perishing, to prohibit you from ever coming into the liberty that the blood of Jesus speaks in the earth and says belongs to you. Are you with me here? This is how it all works. So even when you get frustrated, I want you to pray a little differently this week. I want you to start speaking that the assignments against your husband's wives, brothers, sisters, children, the drug addictions, the, the whatever it is, that the assignments against them are destroyed because of the blood of Jesus. If you yourself were born from above and you'll pray in tongues, don't, don't speak a lot because you don't know what to say. So don't try. Don't, don't, don't get over, oh, I tell you, you go to hell and you do this. Just stop it. Simply say, I'm ready, Holy Spirit, to break some assignments and I'm going to speak in tongues. If you don't speak in tongues, if you don't, and it's against your religion, it's not against God. You're speaking the way he talks not the way your, your denomination tells you to speak because your denomination does not have the final word on your destiny. God does. And I will come against that because that's not kingdom. That's not the kingdom of God to say that anything that came from God is not of God. It's what's not of God is to lie. You understand? And so when I discovered that God did not make me fat, I didn't believe God loved me because if he did, why am I fat? He might kind of like me a little bit, but he couldn't possibly love me. Because if he did, why is my body so awful? And why do I struggle? And why is my life so awful? Why have I been teased this way? Why did I, you know, why is it my issues with men? Why this? Why this? Why this? Well, God wasn't a part of all that. If you think about the fact that I was describing, if God loved me, then why do I live a life of bondage? And you can understand that God was not in it. The devil was in those details. Is everybody with me? Because I got four minutes to bring this to a close. What? What is it? There, uh, someone mentioned a little boy named Sandy who's about eight or nine years old mm -hmm. and is going through chemo right now. He's diagnosed with cancer. I don't know what time. Just say Sammy and cancer. Eight years old. Yes. So what we were just talking about. Let me get to the story, and I'll I, I tell you what. 
It was an assignment against my destiny for obesity to become a part of my life. If you have watched us for the last four or five months, I don't look the same. You can go back to old tapes and it's not the same. Why? And am I on a diet? No. But what's happening? Freedom and deliverance. Destiny, according to God. So concerning Sammy, this cancer is not meant for his death. It is an assignment against his body to prohibit him into the year of his new beginnings to move forward. But we release the voice of the blood of Jesus and the fire of his word into Sammy's room, hospital, wherever he happens to be. We strike the assignment that has been against him. We strike with the truth of God, everything that has come against this little boy's life. And we decree and we declare, this is not how God caused you to be. You were not created to be a bearer of cancer. You, Sammy, are created to help to find solutions to overcome. So we call and make a demand on the anointing and the heavenly assignment of your life. You are not assigned to death. You are assigned to life. We call you alive in the name of Jesus. And we speak because you are alive that the assignment against your body is destroyed now in the name of Jesus. Okay? Do not say that this child has cancer because cancer had him and has just lost its grip in the name of Jesus. And if I have anybody out there that can agree with that, then do so. Hallelujah. When you know that he loves you, then you know that these evils that come against you are not from God and bless the almighty God. I will come against the assignment that is against me or this one or that one or, or give over your relatives. Let us pray for them. But we're going to cancel some assignments and we're going to see miraculous things happen. And I'm putting Sammy's name down with expectation of the testimony. This little boy within this period, this season, this age, you have just heard that you have a destiny. So the barrenness of a womb that thought that it was doomed to die, your, your spiritual womb just heard, no, I have a destiny to fulfill. And the seeds have just been planted in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Anything else? Can you see it? I know he loves me. Well, what if this doesn't happen? I need you to stop asking, what if the devil wins over God? I don't even know where you would get that. What if it does work? Why don't you say that and say, surprise me, Lord. Let me see you work. Let me see your power. Because we have had it with attacks against children. Anything else? As you prayed that prayer, you spoke that into Sammy's spirit. Is mm -hmm. that correct? Mm -hmm. And there's no distance in spirit. Nope. So that went to him whether he hears that or not. And yes. he made agreement with it here on the earth. So It also, the, the spirit assigned to him wasn't very happy. Thank you. Because we spoke spirit. Yeah, you understood me, but I wasn't coming from my flesh. Okay. All right. I think we're done. Um, we got to lesson two, part two. <laughs> I want to settle more into 
these teachings, um, go ahead and put up the website. You can, we're receiving the tithes, the offerings, the, the seeds. You can contact us at astoundinglove.org. If you have more prayer requests, thank you for trusting us to agree with you. Sammy does not have cancer. Sammy is healed. Sammy was healed, was healed. Not even, he's not going to be healed. He was healed. Connie was healed. Bonnie was healed. David was healed. Sharon was healed. Curtis was healed. Alfred was healed. Patricia was healed. Beverly, whoever you are, was healed. Brenda was healed. Marilyn was healed. Jody was healed. Robert was healed. Rebecca was healed. Sarah was healed. Valerie was healed. Mallory was healed. Jonathan was healed. Kenneth was healed. Kevin was healed. Emilio was healed. Raymond was healed. Broke free out of the bondages, the darknesses. Broke free out of that. You put your name there. You're not going to be healed. Don't wait to be healed. You were healed because the blood speaks of what it has already done. Not what it's going to do. You're going to see it show up. You're going to see it manifest. But what you're going to see is the truth of what you already are. You're already healed. The word of God supports that. So you don't have to be believing for. I am testifying of the healing power and the, the power-filled voice of the blood of Jesus. And that's the conversation that the kingdom of God brought to us this night. So I want to thank you so much for joining us. I'm going to thank you so much for praying and staying with us. I'm going to tell you, come back on Sunday and be with us as we do the two biblical solutions for life. I want to say to you that I want to pray for you. I really, really, really want to decree and declare the word of God. So when you use that, contact us. When you get in contact with us, tell us what you want. Do not give us the story. Give us the name. Give us the assignment. We're going to come against these things. And I don't pray by myself. I got a group of people. I got a lot of people. I got folks one person at a time that I can call and say, let's pray. And that's what we do. Not pray, but declare and decree what God has already said. And if you see fire coming out of my eyes or coming out of my hands, good. Let it come into those places and destroy the things that have been trying to destroy you. I love you so much. I do. I do. I do. And I thank you for letting us share this evening with you tonight having this kingdom conversation. We'll see you again next Wednesday. Thank you so much. Good night.